Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr. Always happy to share my opinion. We review podcasts and look for clues why some make it big. And some don't make it at all. This week, we'll we'll be reviewing Entrepreneurs on Fire with John Lee Dumas. Well, boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. Boom, shake the room, Michael Kerr. He calls them uh, Fire Nation. Right. This is how he addresses his audience. He calls them Fire Nation. Right. So, I like that. I like that having an audience uh, name. That that's um that's great. Everybody should should have a name for their for their tribe or their audience or their followers. Yeah. He well, this is a I think a core piece we're going to talk about today is the way he's built a community and a yeah. business around this podcast. So entrepreneurs on fire, he is going after this audience of people who are, you know, have a business or trying to start a business or thinking about starting a business or just interested in the stories of people who are doing this or have been successful at it. And he has gone at this like a bulldog, right? 3,000 episodes. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Every, Every day, right? Every day and not every just day, like I, I unbelievable. <laughs> yes, he's says, the hardest, the hardest working guy in the podcast uh, sphere. I mean, I, I think so. And he yeah. claims, right, that when he started out on this journey, he did 2,000 consecutive daily episodes. So, no break for 2,000 straight days, he published a podcast episode of Entrepreneurs on Fire. You know, I mean, just that feat itself is incredible to be able to do that. He also did this in a very strategic and ambitious way, I think. He went after this like a business, right? This wasn't just um, one episode and then another episode and then another episode, each one kind of individually. I really believe that he went out this with a a vision, if you will, to grow an audience and step by step by step building upon each of the previous ones that he had done and what could he learn from the experience. You know, a very intelligent way, I think, of of demonstrating that hard work and perseverance and you know really paying attention to what you're doing and how you're doing it and how your audience is responding to it. Uh, you know, I don't think he probably had it right in the first hundred episodes, right? He, but he continued to iterate and fine tune, and he found a model that works. And what's right. and the model, yeah. yeah, the model is very much where you know he knows that he he's going to bring a guest on, and he knows how he can monetize that individual. So not only is that person pitching their um, their business or their service, but he's under he understands how he can profit from it as well, right? So. If you can come on for 3000 episodes and every day, you know, he's basically said, I'm going to outwork absolutely everybody else in the, you know, entrepreneur interview podcast space, because this is a busy space, right? If you just want to interview, you know, 
guys that are doing little small businesses. They're easy to come by. They're easy to find. You've got to outwork the next guy because there's there's a thousand people that want to do this. Um, and he's figured out this is how he's going to do it. He's going to work harder than everybody else. And it looks like he's doing it. Power to him. Yeah. Well, he's also, I think, done an excellent job of kind of understanding value, right? Why do people want to listen, right? What value are we delivering? And, and you hear him constantly say this, you know. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Aaron Walker into EO Fire Studios. Oh, you dropped a value bomb, right? You know, he yeah. value bomb this and value bomb that, right? So he's always looking for those those nuggets and then reminding you when he's heard one, right? Are you? Yes, I did. I did. Fire I did like that. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It was a lot like you know we we did the the Maya Shanker one where yeah. she kind of they'd have the interview and then she would kind of go off on this thing and and talk about you know, where was the value here, you know, right? With yep. using her expertise. And he he kind of does this as well. So when you're right, when these sort of nuggets are dropped, he will make a point of sort of talking to the audience of that, you know, he breaks away from the interview, he yep. talks to the audience, he tells them the value here. And, uh, you know, you can jot that down. Um, yeah, he, he reiterates it. He says, did you get that? Well, the other thing I, I like about the the style of this podcast too, is that he is, I mean, very upbeat. Right. right. He is a positive, optimistic guy who's, you know, really excited about seeing other people be successful. Fire Nation, I hope as you're listening to this. I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, this likability factor, if you look at his background, his, you know, his, his relatability, he's relatable to a wide range of, of Americans that that look at this guy and go, hey, you know, he is just like me, right? Yeah. Well, and but he also, yes, he's very relatable to a lot of people, but he's also, he's selling a dream here, yeah. right? He is absolutely not shy about talking about the success he's had, right? And a million downloads a month, right? Yeah. That his show gets. Now, it's a lot of episodes. It's 30 yeah. episodes a month, much more than most other or any other podcast I'm aware of does on a monthly basis, but still, you know, a million downloads a month. And he, he actually uh, shares the, his financial statements basically and the money that he's making. And yeah. clearly he does this to encourage people. It's not just boasting, bragging. He's repeatedly yeah. saying, you can do this. I want to help you do this. So he's, he's fostering that dream and people listen. They go, "Oh, this guy's making." You know, you know if he's been doing that, how long do you? How long would you wait before you started to share that, or would you? You know, you, you can't really start it on day one, right? Oh, I made you know, I made nothing today, you know, and then the next day, I, I made right. a dollar, right? So the, you know, the, the most recent one, uh, the December one, I think it was uh, uh, December twenty twenty one, was the the last one I heard that he'd um, share his financials. And I believe Kate, his partner, said that was the 100th time that they'd shared financials. Oh, wow. So they're times. doing it um, you know, once a month, yeah. right? Um, they've been doing this for a while. He's been doing the show for 10 years, 11 years, something like that. It's, it's a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing he kind of discovered along the way, maybe it wasn't the original thought, 
but that he was learning so much by doing this, by talking to these entrepreneurs every day and yeah. getting them to tell their stories. He was listening. He was paying attention. He was sure. taking notes. So he was learning a lot through the process itself. And then he realized, I've got all these value bombs. You know, I could share these out and create products <laughs> that people will pay for because there really is you know, some gems in this stuff that I've learned along, along this path. And so, um, yeah, so he began to monetize that as well. And he's done very, very well with that. He's also embraced the podcaster community itself, right? So he's, uh, as a successful podcaster, he has also gone after um, monetizing his ability to help other podcasters with courses and this uh, podcaster paradise that he, it's a kind of an organization that he set up and there's a paid membership scheme there that people can join and get access to resources and community. You know, if they're trying to launch a podcast and, and follow in his footsteps, follow his model. Yeah, this whole ecosystem thing, obviously this is exciting to me. I, you know, it's nothing new and I'm not that familiar with all the things that can happen, but it is, you know, this, momentum that takes place and you build the community and you you set up all these affiliate links and the thing just sort of churns away fantastic i mean i i'm, I'm interested in learning more about how this all works because it's yeah no uh, absolutely yeah. so well let's talk a little bit about uh format here so his shows are are pretty short generally speaking they're under 30 somewhere around that you know 27 28 mark seems to be very common and the one we agreed to kind of hone in on, if you will, is this one with Aaron Walker, right? Yeah. Called Isolation is the Enemy of Excellence. So let's talk about that one and the kind of the, the structure of, of that particular interview. What did you pick up from, from this one? Yeah, I, um, the first bit I felt was really a pre-recorded session. Did you pick up on that, that he had pre-recorded before he started asking some questions? It seemed like um, this guy, Aaron Walker, had basically had prepared the session on his own. Is that? Yeah, so I, I agree. There's some interesting questions I had as I was listening to of which of this is kind of just a, you know, here, let's just sit down and record a, a conversation yeah. versus pieces that were kind of spliced together. But it's also, well, it's interesting to me. He commented at one point during the, the conversation with Aaron that this was the fifth time he'd been on the show. Right. So that's an interesting thing too. Now, I guess once you get to 3000 episodes, it's pretty hard to not start repeating folks, but for the rest of us, right? How often can you have somebody on the show and how long should it be between their, their visits? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I looked up this, you know, this guy, Aaron Walker, and I think because he's gone on an interesting journey, my guess is that he was able to build distinctly different episodes with him. So his most recent business is really about making sort of mastermind groups. And then he's able to monetize this. I think you can pay for a member. I really actually liked the business where you can come up with a, a mastermind group of people that, um, yeah, you know, I think iron. this is all about not being alone, right? You're basically people that are willing to give you candid uh, feedback on your ideas. 
as opposed to just your friend group who always say, oh yeah, that's a great idea. You know, Mike, <laughs> you should go for it, right? You know, um, and yeah. it, sounded like a, it sounded like a very reasonable sort of business. So my guess is that he's had him on before, but he's talked about different kinds of businesses that this guy has done in his entrepreneurial journey. So I think that's okay. Yeah. And yeah. A, lot of it is, a lot of it is just casual conversation, you know, chat, right? Right. Well, here's an he interesting have- angle for me, though, on, on that is when I listened to the podcast, I didn't come away thinking of what Aaron was describing in the mastermind thing and his iron sharpens iron on um, his particular group there. I wasn't really thinking of it as a business, right? It really came across as just, you know, this is something you should do. Whether you join my group or you join some other group, you need that non-biased sure. group of trusted advisors, right? Yeah. Um, he kept saying it, non-biased, trusted advisors, right? Yeah. And so, um, so, yeah, I thought that was really good. It was really positive. It was great um, advice folks to say, yeah, you, you need that sounding board. You need that group. You need smart people. And you need to go into that group, assuming you are um, giving and receiving, right? right? Kind of give first mentality. But those, those groups yeah. are hard to find. You know, I mean, to be able to find somebody or a small group of people that would be willing to get together on a consistent basis to form a friendship, not, and not just a friendship, but yes, a friendship, but also, you know, this sort of constructive you know, criticism type of group. I mean, that is a very, very difficult thing to find. I mean, most people in this world, especially if you're looking for people that have diverse inputs, right? But you're right. I, I, um, you're right. You didn't necessarily have to join it as a business. It's not impossible. I thought he had an interesting, you know, kind of tip there too on, you know, looking for people that share your values, right? They don't necessarily have to be in the same business or industry as you or same age or demographic or whatever, but if they share your values, you know, that's kind of the foundation block for building this group of, of non-biased sure. trusted advisors. So, um, so again, I thought it was very helpful, right? And again, these were moments that I agree, very helpful. JLD mm-hmm. chime in and go, oh, oh, you know, value bomb, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Fire Nation, I hope as you're listening to this, Right? That's that's one of them. Did you guys get that right? You know what to do. So that was good. I, I I enjoyed the talk and say then and you know call to action. What did I do? I went out and I did exactly what I'm sure they're hoping you do after an episode like that. I went and looked up this mastermind you know concept and and then I looked for Aaron Walker's uh, iron sharpens iron thing. And was actually surprised to see that, oh, that's a, that's a business. He's, he's really yeah. monetizing that. Um, and that's why he was on the show. He was promoting it. So good. Well, for- you can, of course, yeah. go to whatever it's called, you know, slash EO fire. Right. And yep. if you click on it and you, you know, sign up, uh, you know, um, he gets a cut. I'm you know, sure. JLD gets a cut. And this yeah. is, this is the way he's figured out how to make money. Every single person that I saw on this had the ability to basically offer an affiliate relationship with uh, JLD, and he was able yep. to monetize. I mean, th- he knows exactly what he's doing, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he's transparent uh, about it. Yeah. Very transparent, and, I, and so you're yeah. not offended by it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a lot of ads in this. He starts with a with an ad, promotes uh, some other podcasters. You get a relatively significant ad in the middle. Uh, I, I timed it out. It was three minutes of ads. Yeah. Uh, more than 10% of it in the middle was, was ads. So he had, you know, 
probably a good four minutes of advertising out of a 28 minute episode, but he does all the ads himself. I, yeah. I actually appreciated that, right? This wasn't, oh, cut to some other voice or right. um, you know, some pre-recorded. Right. It, it, was, it was very easy for me to take it, right? So how about the title? We like titles. Was this title meaningful for you? It was called Isolation is the Enemy of Excellence. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, yes. You could have come up with something better. Couldn't it you? doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, that one probably could have been. <laughs> Could have been better because I think the mastermind group, you know, concept is 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 the thing that that was really valuable in there. I would have probably done something around the mastermind. Well, clearly that story. was the 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 actual topic, right? The the topic was finding these non-biased, trusted advisors, whether you use a mastermind group or not. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so isolation is the enemy of excellence. Was just his clever, if you will, way to I, say sure. that without saying it, I guess. Right. You're right. It was, yeah. uh, it, did that intrigue, uh, you know, did that get, did that hook me more than, uh, than something? So I, I knew the mastermind, the concept of these mastermind groups. I, you know, that for me personally, it, that would yeah. have intrigued me more than this isolation kind of thing, which I, I'm not sure I really understood. So, <laughs> I mean, I got it. I, I understood the connection between the title sure. and the uh, and the theme that the topic for this uh, particular episode, uh, yeah. yeah, not sure I would have chosen those particular words, but um, but if you look at some of his other ones, build a network to help your business, the future of NFTs it was another one I reviewed. They're pretty straightforward, you know. He doesn't try to be subtle. Certainly, it, JLD. No, I not, found them. I found I, them quite wordy. But, I, you know, he pays a lot of attention to it. I mean, he's very focused on every little detail. It's hard for me to criticize it because I think he does think an awful lot about it. But, um, yeah, I tend to like having the name of the of the person in it. I, I still think that that is a vital way to search because I think you probably do remember the name of the person. Um, yeah. Even though they're not famous, I, th I still think it is valuable to include the name of the person. Yep. Um, no, that's... And then, um... Well, that's a score for the guest too. Yes, right? absolutely. Uh, you know, he understands that uh, there is value for his guest in being able to say, "Hey, I was on, you know, Entrepreneurs on Fire uh, yeah. podcast as a guest." So, uh, so yes, putting their name in the uh, the title of the episode is well, that checks the boxes for me, right? You try and sure. get a fairly interesting title, and you acknowledge your guest in the title. You know, that's uh... it also tends to ask a lot of questions that are the tends to ask the same question. I know we just we brought up this. Um, yeah. Some of the questions that he tends to ask, uh, you know, share something about being successful that people don't know or, or you know, share, some, with, share right. some strategies. And there's he's kind of got a, you know, a small number of questions that he uses to kind yeah. of draw out what it was that, um, you know, that they uniquely did to make it happen. Yeah. Um, that also makes it easier to produce. You know, I don't think he necessarily yep. has to do a tremendous amount of research on his guests. And he but, describes you know, that actually as part of his early strategy, yeah. right? Was that he used a standard set of questions to be consistent, really, right? This kind of helped him control, I think, his own inexperience, if you will, as he was getting going rather right. than risk trying to be creative and not being very clever yeah. at it. He had kind of a set of questions. And I think that 
by asking the same questions of many, many guests, this also helped him really reinforce, you know, all the different kind of answers that he got, what the patterns were in those, in those answers. Yeah. I, I don't think this was, you know, random strategy by him. I think he, he asked the same questions or very similar questions. Um, not all the same questions to every guest, but he had kind of a standard set of questions that he could ask. And, you know, he may have done that, you know, for a few years, I think. Um, and then slowly as he got more experienced and better at the interviewing process. Well, the other thing he, he talks about this too, in one of his uh, training videos for podcasters about getting to the stage where he could um, change the format too. So not all of his shows are interview and entrepreneur, right? right? He, well, he does the, the income ones where he does his financial statements and he brings on a CPA or a lawyer and they give tips, but he also does some other kind of variations on it too. Um, and uh, right. well, his he had four categories he had, that, I mean, yeah. he, he had interview, he had this thing called topic. So I, I, I don't think he just goes off on a topic very often. Q and A people yeah. call, you know, write questions in and he answers them. Uh, and then he mixes it up. You're right. And uh, right, right. he uses, all, I guess he does use all four of these, or I think he specifically said on Thursdays, he kind of went off yeah. the interview topic um, or the interview style. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mix it, you know, I, I, I have, you know, you can certainly mix it up. Um, yep. and show some show some variety. You know, I think he's a really good conversationalist. Again, we, we mentioned that he comes across as being a really nice guy. He never says anything negative. He never asks a question that, you know, that would, you know, where you would go, you know, why did you, you know, why did you yeah. do that, right? Yeah. Um, it's all very, very positive. And, yeah. you know, this strategy of being very positive yeah. tends he, to work very seemed, well. Yeah, he seems to have a bit of a sense of humor. He's, you know, um, enjoys right? You can tell he's enjoying these conversations and he can, you know, laugh a little bit and, you know, poke fun at himself um, as he, as he goes through this process. Um, I did appreciate that too, is that um, despite his success, he does not come across as this, I am, you know, oh, yeah. God of podcasting. Very humble, he, very humble guy. Yeah. Who grew up in, you know, I think he's, sounds like he's from, uh, he might be from Western Massachusetts. I think he might've gone to high school in, in, in Massachusetts he, uh, or in the Northeast somewhere in the United States. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's from Western Mass. I'm from Western Mass. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's more from uh, the Eastern side of the state, but yes, I did pick oh. up on that um, somewhere along the way there. I think I heard him do a, a go Patriots. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I already liked him right there. You know, there you I didn't oh. need any other reason. Yeah. He's a Patriots fan. I did think it was interesting that it, it sounds like, he doesn't have a big, you know, production team. You know, he's got his uh, partner Kate, who yep. uh, is kind of the behind-the-scenes person. I'm sure she is coordinating. You know, getting all these, you know, guests lined up, and they they must have some help there somewhere. Um, in uh, you know, some people who are helping him, but he clearly doesn't have a large staff. Um, yep. I believe he still does his own editing, or maybe does his editing with with some help but he has this kind of small studio and a spare bedroom in his house. And I wonder about the um, kind of the operation of this, right? If you're doing every day, right, you're going to publish every day. I wonder if he does like one day a week where he just lines them up. Yeah. Clearly he's got this process down pat and um, boom, 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 records it. 
um, by it's amazing. Family. I can't come up with, you know, I, I can usually point to something that says, you know, he should be doing this or he should be doing that. And there's nothing here that I can specifically say, um, you know, he should or should not be doing. He has, he's clearly perfected this after 3000 episodes. I, I'm, I'm not adding any, I think, mean, I think the reason we have him on is just to showcase, you know, how perfect it can become. Yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't find any criticisms either. I'm really disappointed yeah. in you, Michael. You're always- I, I, I'm, criti- I, I'm quite upset yeah. with myself that I, that I can't find anything <laughs> wrong with this, this podcast because you know, I, I understand what this podcast is trying to do and it does it, right? Yeah, I'm and fascinated so what- by how he has really turned this podcast into such a money-making thing. And just to, we, we didn't comment on the, the numbers he shares there, but in the, that last release, right, he did of his financials, his- cost his expenses for the one month was about twenty thousand dollars and his revenue was almost two hundred and twenty thousand dollars so his net profit was almost two hundred thousand dollars for one month and you know that's really successful i mean yeah you know his uh his profit margin is uh just amazing yeah i don't think you'll sell i mean it'd be interesting to know where it goes right once you've done it for 10 years um you know, do you keep doing this till you're 50? Do you, you know, can you sell it off? Can somebody well, else pick it up and be interesting to know? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought, right? Does he ever hand it off uh, to a new host um, and just keep it going that way? He had mentioned that he's had some spinoff stuff too, right? So he also experiments with other podcasts. So like he hosted one here, he, and, and he talked about this too, as kind of an experiment and it didn't really pan out. He was doing one around NFTs and this was just something that really interested him and he has invested in NFTs and you know he had something he bought that like went 10X the value. <laughs> um, so you know that was a kind of a big hit for him and he's really been following this very curiously. So he put together a podcast and apparently he only got like five or six episodes in and then decided this is interesting, but it doesn't have longevity, right? Okay. I can't keep talking about this week right. in and week out, even a weekly, let alone a daily, you know, it just didn't have the legs to go that far. But I like that, you know, I, I think, I think yeah. that is a really great model. So, you know, you, yeah. you leverage what you've got, you know, I know Kate, she's got her own podcast that she yeah. does. So I think you keep trying, you know, to bring people in and I don't think it hurts you at all. And then yeah. you can keep experimenting and, you know, see if you can just, you know, catch lightning in a bottle <laughs> two, three, four times yeah. out of, you know, out of, you know, try, keep trying. Yeah. I mean, you've, if you're still getting a million downloads a month um, and it, it's growing from what I can tell, his audience yeah. continues to grow and he's still a young guy. You know, right. He's younger yeah. than us. Yeah, he's still a young guy. <laughs> he he could do this for another yes. ten years. And he'll never he'll yeah. never run out of content. You know, this he, this is just one area where it's relatively straightforward yep. to get guests, and you you don't you're not going to run out of them. So yeah, um, he can keep doing this for for quite a while. Ah, yeah. I wish him luck. Yes. All right. That was our review of Entrepreneurs on Fire. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Michael Kerr and Eric Byron. Thank you for listening. We've got lots more reviews coming. Please subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like us to review your podcast, please let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.